welcome. Um, we are from the VSpot podcast. We're going to be doing a little um, interview style chat, I guess, with some of our friends here who run some vegan businesses locally. Um, my name is Kat. I'm one of the hosts of the VSpot podcast. And my name is Dan, the better half of the VSpot podcast. I guess. Um, so just really quick, I guess, show of hands, how many of you know who we are? Be honest. Wow, that's more than I thought. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so really quick, we're just going to kind of go down the line here and have our guests introduce themselves, and then we'll get this party started. And then at the end, there will be, I'm hoping, a little bit of time for you guys. If you have any questions or if there's anything that you guys want to know from our guests or from us, we'll kind of open it up to you as well. So we'll start with my friend Joey here. My name is Joey Bourbon, uh, co-owner of Bourbon Wolves in Albany and now Troy, New York. You didn't know that. I'm Andrea from the Red Fern in Rochester, New York. Sarah Liu, co-owner of Parlor City Vegan. We just opened last night in Binghamton, New York. Yeah. My name is Joel Capilongo. I'm the co-owner of Strong Hearts Cafe right here in Syracuse. And uh, yeah, been doing our thing since 2008. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, so we're in the vegan bosses panel is what this is called. So, I mean, I guess the main thing that we wanted to talk about is what it's like bringing veganism to the mainstream, to, to light, to the respective areas that you guys are from. Um, but my take on it is an interesting thing that I've noticed a difference, something we've talked about, Joey, is you are all vegan owners. However, Bourbon and Wolf, one of the things you do at your locations is you don't advertise necessarily that you're vegan. Um, Strong Hearts is pretty similar. You have the, you know, you have the paraphernalia, but... Right. It says the word vegan one time on our menu. That's right. It. But then Parlor City, for instance, says Parlor City Vegan. So I was just wondering if you guys wanted to open up why you advertise that you're vegan versus maybe you don't. And what, what brought you to that decision? Um, I, I think I think for us, when we opened, we were there weren't any other vegans in the area. And I can kind of like a scary buzzword for some people. And I think wanted to make it like a place that you can like bring your dad open to veganism and it kind of just let the food speak for itself, I guess. And um, I, I think, like, since we've opened, I think people have warmed up a little more to it now, like, even in the past, like, three and a half years. So I maybe I'm a little less reluctant now than I was when we opened. Um, but yeah, I think it was, I mean, I think I'd be kind of open about it here. It's like, we're trying to be sneaky. and just like, you know, it's like, try the food. Don't judge it first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else have any feelings, insight onto that? We had, a, we had a really similar start as well. Um, same mentality, didn't really want to turn people off um, and wanted people to try the food and just decide that it was great food and that it didn't matter if it was vegan, vegetarian, anything like that. Um, just that it was awesome food and they wanted to keep coming back and it worked. <laughs> And I, I think for us, the reason we decided to name our restaurant Parlor City Vegan is because, of course, it's in the Parlor City, Binghamton. But we wanted vegan in the name. It's the only place where the word vegan appears in our restaurant. If you read our menu, it says seitan fried chicken and mac and cheese. Um, but we wanted people to know that it was vegan. We wanted to be able to educate the community because 
veganism is not really mainstream in Binghamton yet. We're kind of out there, so uh, we, we are doing our best to educate the community. Any thoughts, Joel? Yeah, I guess I would just echo Joey and Andrea. You know, when we opened nearly 12 years ago, the word vegan wasn't in the average American's vocabulary, <laughs> you know, so... Um, we didn't want to turn people off right away. It was kind of a dirty word back then, you know, much more so than it is now. Um, you know, obviously we're very committed to veganism, but we wanted to get people in the door and let them try the food without this, like, uh, attached stigma to the word. So that's why we chose to not really advertise as being a vegan restaurant. I think it's also kind of like a really subtle form of activism because it's, like, really changing people's like perception of what it is and what veganism is because people are like oh like you just eat like plain tofu and greens which like sometimes yeah i do but um that there's a lot more to it and um there's a lot more that can appeal to like the average person that might us in a different style of eating Um, yeah, I'm definitely curious because we've got some different tenure on this panel in terms of the length of time you guys have all been in business, all the way from brand new one day to 12 years. Um, so what are some things that you've noticed from day one open until now? And maybe for you, just as a vegan, like why did you decide to open your business now versus before? What are some things that you guys have noticed in terms of the way veganism has changed in the last handful of years or the last 12 years, however long, in terms of your business? I, I think, so we, um, we started off doing, doing wholesale, we really didn't want to open a restaurant right away, because we were like, cause it, typically it's a bad idea, um, but I, I think that like just seeing like the progression of veganism in like mainstream society and just seeing like easy it's getting for people, um, I think when we opened there was like, it was, we were really nervous about it and like if there's going to be enough people to really to make it work. And I think that, like, just seeing, like, the, the, the trends, and now it's, like, our demographic has kind of shifted from just vegans to really just, like, everybody. And I, I think, like, we see, like, new customers every day, and I think that gives us, like, a lot of um, hope for what we're doing. And I think that it can also inspire, like, other people to do the same thing, you know? Like, there's always new restaurants popping up, vegan options, vegan restaurants. Um, I don't know, it's just something I've noticed. Um, we've been open six years now, and um, it's funny to look when like Facebook memories pop up on my Facebook page, and you'll see pictures of the restaurant, and there'll be like one or two people inside, and like a bunch of staff. And then now we're full all the time, so we've definitely noticed a huge increase um, in business and in demand for vegan. But I also think it's because what we do is put out just an awesome product as well. Um, I don't think we would have the same story if you know, our food sucked or if our staff was rude, you know, it definitely helps that what we're doing is awesome and people want to seek that out. They want to try it. There's, um, word of mouth is super huge too. So, um, and then just the growing trend of veganism, even in just the past year, I mean, I think everyone can agree that just the past year it's like exploded and I can't wait to see what 2020 brings for a vegan. Yeah, we, we've been in business for three years now. We started out uh, doing catering gigs and having a pop-up at the Broome County Farmer's Market. So we started out really small and have just finally taken the plunge into the restaurant world. Um, but for us, we've seen a steady growth in business in Binghamton and a, a steady 
realization of what veganism is and what vegan food can be, I think um, our secret to success has just been having accessible food. So things like mac and cheese or your typical American comfort foods that we've been able to veganize with regional ingredients that people really seem to, to enjoy. Anything from the end, Joel? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, again, want to just echo uh, Joey and uh, Andrea's um, comments. I mean, so we, when we opened 12 years ago, we were selling food to our friends, basically. You know, um, there wasn't this, this huge vegan market that there is now. We were selling vegan milkshakes and cupcakes and sandwiches to our punk rock friend, you know, and that's definitely changed. Um, now there is a market. Back then, we had to create a market. So... Um, I think these guys probably agree with me, you know, at first it was a lot of grungy punk rock kids coming in, but now it's like really normal people, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, policemen in uniform and firefighters and the mayor of Syracuse comes in, it's incredible, you know, to go from this underground thing to such a widely accepted mainstream thing now. So now that it is mainstream and we probably still get some people who come into your restaurants that don't know that it's vegan food what's the wildest experience you've had with someone i know on the last interview you shared a story with us joey i don't know if you want to share that again but someone who either came in and was pleasantly surprised when they found out that it wasn't meat or wasn't cheese or maybe was not so pleasantly surprised like what's the wildest customer story from someone who came in as like a naysayer that you guys have Man, this is tough. There's a, there's, a, there's a few of them. There's, um, like, as I said before, like, I think that kind of keeping veganism or the word vegan off of our menu has, like, helped us. And then in a lot of ways, there's been people that were, like, pretty salty about it afterwards or, like, before they got their food. Like, wait, what the fuck did I just order? Sorry, it's part of my language. Um, I think I, I, can, I can tell the story real quick that I, I, I told this on the, pod, the podcast, V-Spot. But um, recently there was a woman that came in and I was cooking and she, there was a complaint about her sandwich. She got a Reuben and she was like furious. She was like, this is undercooked. I like cannot eat it. And she was so mad. And I was really confused because like I cooked it myself and I was like hurt. I was like, Jesus Christ. She's like, I feel really insulted right now, but I was really polite. And I'm like, okay, you know, no problem. And she was like, it's like unedible. Um, gave her money back. Later that night, I uh, ran into her and um, the guy that she was with at a show, and he came up and was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry about my friend. She actually didn't even try the sandwich. She just, um, she didn't know that it was vegan, and I took her here to, you know, because I was like, oh, she'll totally like it. And then when she found out, she was like, I'm not eating this. So she pretended she tried it, and it wasn't good. Um, so, yeah, she sucks. Wow. Yeah, that's super closed off. I um, I don't really have any stories of this kind of nature, but my story to add is just like the randomness of people bringing non-vegan food into the restaurant, which is really surprising to me. We had someone once bring their own feta cheese to add to a dish that we were serving. And um, we have people sometimes bring in pizza from the place next door. That's always a really um, interesting conversation where, you know, we have to explain to them, look, this is a vegan restaurant. Um, we really don't allow non-vegan food in these walls. You know, it's a safe space for people who have allergies or... Um, so that's, I don't know, that's always kind of random to me when we have to do that. 
When we started this, the, the farmer's market, there was a fellow vendor there who swore she would never eat anything vegan. She said she couldn't eat vegan food, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you've had a fruit or a vegetable in your life. Um, but she slowly started to see that people were interested in our food, so it caught her curiosity, and we gave her some as a sample, and she fell in love with it. So now every weekend at the farmer's market, she's there getting our food, and she tells all of her friends about it. <laughs> I think if you have good food, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I guess my story actually happened right here at the New York State Fair. We've been vendors here at the New York State Fair for the last five years. And we reach a crowd here at the fair that we normally wouldn't be able to reach at the cafe. A lot of people stop by our booth here at the fair that would never step foot into a vegan cafe in downtown Syracuse. And one guy in particular, I don't want to stereotype, but he was like a big biker guy, you know, heavily tattooed. Just someone that, you know, you probably would cross the street if you saw coming towards you. Um, he reluctantly walked up and ordered some of our buffalo chicken wings. And uh, I expected to get an earful from him, but he ordered and we gave him his food and he walked away. And about 15 minutes later, it comes back up and he's like, man, I don't know what was in those chicken wings, but they was real good. You know, so um, kudos to him for trying. But uh, just the fact that this guy that I on site probably wouldn't have expected to try vegan food came up and complimented us. You know, I thought that was kind of a cool moment. Exactly what I, exactly what I picture him sounding like as well. I was going to say that, me too. That was great. <laughs> Um, I'm actually curious of the story that you were telling about people who bring non-vegan food into your restaurant. What is the response that you get when you let them know, you know, hey, this is a vegan establishment, we really don't want non-vegan food in here? Because I, I think about, as a vegan, the amount of times I've gone into a not-vegan restaurant with my own feta <laughs> or something similar, yeah. and I'm, like, too scared to do anything, so it just sits in my bag, because I'm like, I don't want them to be offended or whatever. Right. So I'm just curious on the flip side, because I understand your argument completely, what kind of response you get. Yeah, well, it sort of depends on the situation, but we have had to do this at least ten times. Um, some of the situations people like don't know that it's a vegan restaurant. You know, maybe they wandered in during Park Ave Fest and they have a slice of pizza and we explain to them, look, this is a vegan restaurant, you can't eat that here. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, and they totally understand. Then there's other times, um, for example, that people might bring, you know, food for their kid and it's non-vegan. And that's a really tricky situation to navigate because, you know, um, it's their child, it's what their child eats, but at the same time, it's not we just don't allow it in the restaurant so we have to kind of work together to come to an agreement sometimes we say oh you know we're happy to bring you a little sample of our non-dairy cheese that we make in-house um, with some food and you know we'll just bring it and comp it bring it to them um you know also in the hopes that their child might try it and like it um the guy though who brought his feta i had to kick him out like he wouldn't he was he brought it he lied to me he told me that he didn't bring cheese, but I'm looking and I'm like, that's definitely feta cheese on your watermelon that you also brought from home. You like, that was a really weird situation. He didn't, he didn't buy anything. He brought all of his own food from home. So it totally depends on the situation. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we do our best. He didn't order anything at all? No, he came to join his friend who was at the, you know, that's where they wanted to eat. And, uh, 
he wasn't he wasn't having it. He wasn't trying it. He brought his own watermelon. He brought his own feta. And ultimately, I had to ask them both to leave. <laughs> also, weird combo. I'm just, that's insane, right? Like, where did he think he was? A cafeteria? I mean, you're walking into a restaurant yeah. that serves just bring food. Bring your own food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's happened occasionally with us, too. And I just kind of use that comment. I'm like, this is a restaurant, not a cafeteria. Yeah. We're in business to sell food. Like, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Un you know, fortunately, that happens so few and far between. It's generally not an issue. So I don't want to dwell on it too much. But, yeah, sometimes we got to lay down the vegan law. So other than people coming into your restaurants and not buying food, which is just absolutely wild. Like, that's just, like, it's not a store that you go and you browse and you get to hang out. Like, whatever. Anyways, um, what are some of the challenges that you guys have faced as far as opening a business? Because, you know, one of the, you know, hopefully moving forward, entrepreneurship will, you know, grow, especially with vegans, right? I know a lot of people who want to start their own business, whether it be clothing, Right. Or, you know, a juice bar or a wellness center or something like that. But, like, what kind of challenges have you faced opening a business, whether it be from a vegan aspect or just in general opening a business? Like, what is that like? I think at least one thing happens a day that, like, sets me back. <laughs> like, I think a lot of it is honestly, like, initially it was the uncertainty of um, is this going to be successful? Is it going to be sustainable? Um, is this going to work long term? Like you're really putting all your eggs in one basket, you know? So um, I think like just like the fear of starting any venture and I think that goes for, you know, any business vegan or non-vegan but I think um, with a vegan like establishment especially like, um, there's also, you know, the issue of like are there enough vegans? And then I think like, like we've kind of, you know, said before now, I think it's a lot more easier because now it's not just vegans, you know, eating vegan food. Like, people are more open to it. So I think things are getting a little easier. But, um, God, I think, I don't know, that's probably the big one for me. Yeah, I mean, there's no clear-cut manual for what we do. Um, I didn't go to school for this. I don't, I don't know that anyone else here went to school for this. Um, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book where you're just, you make a decision and you roll with it. And if you don't like it, you can kind of like undo it or modify it. I mean, that's the beauty of being your own boss. You get to choose how, choose the tone, you know, set the tone at your place, um, choose what's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, for me, like the managing, I have a staff of 40 people um, managing their, you know, their workload and then their day-to-day -day problems or issues that they're having in their own personal life or, you know, ability to report to work, that's that's a huge challenge. I mean, 40 people, that's like 40 chances a day for something to go around. So, um, but that's, I mean, luckily I have a good staff and we have a great team of people that um, will pitch in, you know, if somebody needs off for something or, um, but that's certainly, having that many employees, it's really um, a challenge daily with all the uncertainties that come up as a result of that. I, I kind of want to second that with the staffing as well. I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles, like forever, always. It is the biggest hurdle. <laughs> Period. Like that's just that. That's it. it. Yep. Anything to add 
Um, I would just say as a, as a relatively new brick and mortar, one of our biggest hurdles was just managing all the bureaucracy and regulations and everything that we had to go through to open. Uh, but luckily, if anyone here is interested in opening a business, there are a lot of free resources that you can access to help you manage that. So definitely check out those entrepreneurship courses in your community. I, I don't really want to add anything other than well, you know, what these guys have already said. But staffing, um, period. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much already been said. But you know, when we opened Strong Hearts, my partner Nick and I had never, not only have never owned a business, but we never even worked in a restaurant. So it was all, let's just see if this works. It was just like trial and error every single day. You know, and we're still learning. We're, st we're still improving. We're still making our systems better. So um, the biggest challenge initially was just like. How do we do this? You know, like we know how to make food, but how do we serve it to people all day long? I mean, you you make the best milkshakes, so oh, you're doing, thank you very much. It's yeah, no, hands down. I've actually driven over two hours to get a milkshake on several occasions. <laughs> I relate to that. Yeah, um, I feel like I need to lean forward because I can't see you guys. Yeah. I feel like I'm not a part of this community. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious around the running your own business and things like that too, because like Joey said, owning a vegan restaurant is kind of a, not kind of, it is a form of activism in itself. So, and all of you are vegan, so you opened a restaurant in part because of that. So how do you feel like your activism or your ethics come into play on an everyday basis? Is there anything that you utilize your business for in terms of outreach or, or being a part of any sort of, I mean, of course, that's that, but any events or how do you feel like activism and that kind of plays into your restaurant? Because I would also imagine that owning a business, you kind of have to sort of remain a little impartial, but you own a vegan business, so you want to make a point, right? So what does that look like? I'm curious. Um, I, I've always thought that, like, like I said before, like food is probably one of the biggest forms of activism because that's like the biggest hurdle for most, you know, people. And I think that like once they like realize that like they can do this, then you know it's it's really easy from there. Um, I think I mean I sometimes I want to be a little more vocal than I can about certain things, but I kind of gotta like remain you know kind of you know appease the people. I feel like it's it's like a, it's a long con, you know. Yeah, I mean you don't want to turn people off by being like too aggressive about veganism um i think it's nice to make it accessible and let them choose it so for all of us offering a 100 percent vegan menu to me is like a huge form of activism because people come in they open for us it's a tri-fold menu they open everything up and they're like this is all vegan and then they look at our pastry case right when you walk in and they're like even the desserts and you're like yes everything like everything 100 percent um when we first opened joel and i had a conversation and um, we were getting ready to open and I told him I wanted to open a vegetarian restaurant and he was like What why why are not all vegan? And I was like, well, I don't know I, I you know, I don't know if it will succeed I don't know if it will do well and he's like we've been doing it for years and are you gonna be okay serving eggs in a year? And I'm like no, like I didn't even like so, you know, I always have you to thank for that <laughs> oh, Thank you yeah, I, I would echo what the other panelists have said. I think if you have good food, it speaks for itself. Um, for us, there's a lot of poverty in the city of Binghamton, so we just want to make sure that the type of food we're creating is accessible to the community we're serving. 
we have a pay what you can uh, beans and greens plate because we want to feed the neighborhood we're located in. So anything we can do to show the community we care and then if they come into the restaurant, they can see you know, that we support different animal rescues locally and we can have conversations with folks about that. So I think, um, you know, it's diplomacy through food and then we'll have those conversations once we form relationships with our customers. Yeah, and I guess I would just like to add for Strong Hearts, I mean, Strong Hearts is activism. You know, it was born from my animal rights activism. You know, I've been vegan since 1993 and became an activist very uh, shortly thereafter, you know. So I've been arrested almost two dozen times for animal rights causes. I've spent many nights in jail, many months in jail, I guess, and done activism uh, all over the world, you know. So. <laughs> Um, so I met my business partner, Nick Ryan, um, through the Syracuse Animal Rights Organization, a student um, animal rights group in Syracuse. And, like, that's how we met. That was our foundation. That was our platform. And Strong Hearts was born out of that activist friendship. So um, if you go to the cafe and look at our milkshakes, they're all named after activists, revolutionary activists who have strong hearts, people who have made the world a better place. So we brought activism into the cafe because that's what it was built on and that's why it exists. It was, it's just an extension of the activist foundation that um, has been a part of my life for the last 26 years. So your activism kind of changed a little bit, Joel. You know, you created the restaurant, the cafe. Um, for anyone else, has your activism changed? Maybe because of the restaurant, but maybe not just because of the way activism in your cities have changed, or maybe just your personal feelings on activism, or the world that we live in, um, whether you see that you're more active in the streets or less so, has it shifted at all? I mean, I, I think that's tough. I pretty much wish that, sometimes I wish I could be more active in like other forms, but then again, it's like I work about 80 hours a week, so it's kind of like, I feel like I'm really, that's, all of my time is dedicated to this and I'm pretty much just like living this. So, um, you know, there's been times where like, I'm like, oh, like it would be cool if I could go to this like demonstration or be more active in other forms, but then it's like, well, I mean, I am always doing something, you know? So I think, um, I think I've always kind of looked at like, cause there's, there's people have a lot of different opinions on activism and I mean, there's, there's like, you know, for everything from like direct action to you know, demonstrations and protests and things like that. And I think that everything helps. I think that, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing something, you know, play for the right team. Yeah. Um, for us, I think uh, it's definitely grown now that we have an, you know, have an audience. Um, so, and, you know, we have financial stability now, so we're able to give back. So we do a lot of donating to different animal rights organizations. Um, whenever we do, we make a post on our social media highlighting their group. Um, and now also our merch tends to take like a little bit more of an activism um, standpoint. We have our uh, go vegan, go vegan shirts. <laughs> we also have our um, like our we have a shirt that has like love animals go vegan. So now we're kind of taking our voice that we have and trying to use that where we can to highlight the animal rights aspect of this business. Yeah, I would echo that. Um, we, we support different um, animal sanctuaries. Indraloka Farm Animal Sanctuary, we're a huge supporter of Indraloka, love them. Uh, 
So any any time that we can, we support them. We hold fundraisers. There's a local group in Binghamton called Vines, so we're happy to support Vines in any way we can do. So I think it's just really, I think all of us up here sit from a, a place of privilege, so it's using that privilege to be able to help folks, um, and in this case, animals who don't have the same privilege. So we try to do that in any way we can. Having the benefit of, you know, two and a half decades worth of activism under my belt, I can say, I can honestly say that running in a vegan restaurant has been the most effective form of activism I've ever done. And I've done it all, you know, so um, I feel super good about that. And just the feedback we get on a daily basis, changing people's hearts and minds, like it hit them in the stomach, <laughs> hit them in the taste buds. And uh, I feel like that's been the most effective thing I've ever done. And like I said, I've been around the block a couple times. That's awesome. I like all of those answers. <laughs> what? Uh, so I think we have a couple more questions, and then we're going to maybe open it up to you guys. But I'm just curious, what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about opening some kind of vegan business, whether it's a restaurant or a shop or a juice bar or anything like that? What would you say to somebody who's where you guys were when you started? Yeah, you're trying to... Sorry. We, we, this is very self-serving because we both want to, so we're like, tell us what to do. You should. <laughs> yeah, this is about us. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a mix of um, obsessive research, research and dumb luck, really. Um, I think as far as, like, advice, I'd say just do it. Like, no matter what you do, no matter how, like, prepared you are for that or literally anything in life, you really just have to. I mean... It's either going to work or it's not, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, now is the time. You, you know, Joel mentioned when he started, one of the hurdles was, you know, veganism was like a dirty word back then. Um, now, 2019, everybody knows vegan. The stigma is like almost non-existent. Now is absolutely the time. Um, and echoing Joey, you, you're never going to know. You're never going to know everything. You're not going to know how to do half the stuff. Um, for me, whenever I didn't know how to do something, I would think, well, who do, I, who do I know who knows something about this topic? And I would ask people, ask friends, um, hey, do you know anyone who knows how to do this? Or, you know, um, hey, where do you think I could get that? And um, I always tell local businesses here, in, or in Rochester rather, um, you know, if they need anything from us, as far as like questions of, you know, where to source certain things, um, I don't know, even just like, what did you do if you were ever in this situation with an employee or whatever? Um, I'm really open with, you know, sharing my information that I've learned because it's just stuff I've learned. I didn't know anything. So um, I'm always happy to share my knowledge. And um, whenever I don't know something, I just try to ask someone who may know better than me. So. I would say look for a problem that needs to be solved in your community. For us, uh, we started wholesaling vegan cheeses that we make in-house to different restaurants in Binghamton and beyond to help them veganize their menus, and that solved um, a huge problem for a lot of local businesses we work with. The second thing would be uh, definitely don't be afraid to ask for help because there are a lot of free entrepreneurship programs. Um, you can find a business mentor for free who'd be uh, great to help you, so definitely look within your community for those free resources. I guess uh, my uh, advice would be, you know, just to don't do it if you're not passionate about it, because it's going to become your life. You know, it's, it's, it's not, 
having a job and being a boss are two different things. You know, this you can't just walk away from it and clock out. So be prepared for that. Um, it's going to overwhelm you at times, and it's going to you're going to eat, sleep, and breathe your business. Um, so get ready, be prepared um, as much as you can. I mean, you won't be, but um, try. Um, you know, I often tell people if I could have seen a movie of my life after the cafe opened, before the cafe opened, I would have said, no, thank you. You know, it's just, but at that point I was already, I was already in, you know, I was already in the barrel going over the falls. There's no going back at that point. So um, just get ready. Um, if you do it, do it because you're passionate about it and you care about it, not because you want to make money, because you won't make money, not for a very long time. So be prepared for that too. Yeah, just just also reinforce um, like kind of what she was saying. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, I mean, I think that's like that's like the biggest thing is like I was really when we start when we opened the restaurant, I was literally annoying all of my restaurant industry friends like constantly, just like, hey, like, because I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't go to school for this, or like, you know. Um, so it's really, I mean, people are there. They're they're willing to help. You know, ask anybody. Ask ask me. I don't know a lot, but you know, if you have any questions, reach out. I just want to add one thing to that, too. I totally agree with asking for help and advice. Surround yourself with people who are awesome because your success depends on them. You can't do everything by yourself, and you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So make sure you have the right people in the right places. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, my final kind of question is we've talked about you guys being bosses, owning your own businesses, it being your activism, you work 80 hours a week, you eat, sleep, and breathe your business. How do you guys take care of yourselves? As far as self-care, what do you do for that? You know, whether it be, you know, a bath or, or whatever it is, but in the world we live in, in general, let alone being vegan, self-care is really important. Days can be really hard. So what do you guys do to take care of yourselves? Um, still trying to figure that out. Honestly, um, I think it's still a little too, like like I said, we've been in business for three and a half years, and um, I mean, we did the wholesale stuff a couple years before that, but um, we just opened a second location, so I think like right when things were settling down, and I was like, oh, maybe I can take some free time, and then I was like, doing it again, so um, I'd have a better answer in a couple of years, but I'd, honestly, it's just like, I'd love it. Yeah, this is a good topic because it's absolutely crucial. You can't output as much as we do um, without taking care of yourself. Um, for me, I love yoga. Um, I start my day with it. I do restorative sometimes at the end of the day. Um, another thing for me is my dogs, uh, Booger and Wormy. Shout out. <laughs> I love them. I love playing with them. Um, and then for me, too, I love going dancing. So a couple nights a week, I go dancing get all of my stress out through movement, and it's a really healthy way to do that. Um, you know, if I didn't do that, I'd be screaming at everyone every day. So, um, yeah, I think finding your own self-care routine is absolutely crucial um, if you're going to work as hard as we do. Yeah. Dogs. dogs and pop. That's all I got. So I really suck at this, so I am not the best person to give advice on self-care. Um, I've been working my day job full-time in addition to running the catering business for three years now. So um, I quit my job this week to focus on the business full-time, so that's really exciting. So definitely do that if you have the opportunity. Um, 
but I do try to get enough sleep at night, and I'm sure things will improve eventually. But my dogs are everything to me. I have two rescue dogs, Chloe and Evie. They're awesome. Um, so definitely doggy time. Yeah, I guess I would just say you know, carve out time for yourself, as hard as it is. Um, for the first probably five or six years at Strong Hearts, I was just in over my head. I was working a lot, like more than I could physically handle at times. And I got to a point where I was texting a friend of mine, and my phone kept auto-correcting the word cafe to cage. And it just clicked in my mind that, like, yes, I'm, I feel like I'm in a cage. Like, I've built my own prison. But the upside to that was I could build my way out. Um, so the very next day I went into the cafe and talked to my partner, Nick, and I'm like, Nick, I need to work less. This just isn't working for me. I felt like if I was working for someone else, I would have quit. Like, it, it got bad. It got really bad, you know? So um, my attitude was poor to staff, to customers. And then when I started working less, it was it improved so much. Like, I actually wanted to go into my own business again, which was a great feeling. Um, so I would say as soon as you can take a step back, it's hard at first, of course. As soon as you can take a step back, do it. It's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for your business. Cool. Um, so before we open it up to see if anybody has any questions, do you guys have any questions for each other? Is there anything you want to ask each other? Is there anything you want to ask us? Maybe do a little... If not, it's cool. That's tough. We're on, we're on the same boat. Like, I think, I think we all have like really similar struggles. I don't know. Um, I, I got... I just want to say it's cool that like this panel is a thing, you know. Um, when the cafe opens in 2008, we were the only all-vegan restaurant in New York State outside of New York City, and now there's probably at least a dozen. You know, there's four of us here. There's yeah. probably a dozen of us now. Just the fact that we can have this veg fest and have it be so well attended, and we can sit here and talk about our vegan businesses, it's just cool that it exists. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll say when I reached out to you and then when I reached out to VegFest and they posed the idea of doing a vegan business owner's panel, I was like, yeah, oh my God, I can think of so many people who could be on that panel. And like you were saying, that's really amazing that there's almost too many people and we, we couldn't have everybody up here because there's so many more that I can think of. Any Anything else, you guys? Questions, comments? Oh, Danny's got one. Um, Kind of just piggybacking off of that, I want to say too that it's funny because it's vegan bosses because you guys run your own businesses, but for me, the vegan boss panel is because you guys are so badass. Like each one of you oh, yeah. is like the king or queen or monarch in your respective cities. Like we said, oh, we're in Stronghearts land. It's so funny because there's all these Strongheart shirts running around. And like I said to Joey, that's the following that we have in Albany for Bourbon and Wolf. And it's like that in Rochester, and, you know, it's like that in Binghamton. It's just, like, you guys are the vegan bosses. You're, like, mobsters. It's really it's really cool. So it was a it was a huge honor to be able to sit with you guys and just, I hope you guys know that as well. You're working your butts off, and you have the following supporting you, and it does not go unnoticed how hard you work and how much of a difference you're making in each of your cities. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll just add as an example. I feel like Joey broke the internet this week when he announced that they're going to start delivering. <laughs> like everybody that I know is 
freaking out. I feel like you broke the internet when you opened Troy and mozzarella sticks and everybody, it's so true. We were, when we got here this morning, everybody that we see is wearing a Strong Hearts t-shirt. Back home, everybody's talking about bourbon and wolves. I know when I go to Rochester, everyone's like, you have to go to Red Fern, which I have many times. Um, and I can't wait to go to Binghamton and check out Parlor City. So it's just really, you go to a certain city and the mentality is Strong Hearts. It's bourbon and wolves, it's Red Fern. So I hope you guys are proud of that because it's, it's, it's cool. Very cool. Um, so does anybody have any questions or anything that you guys want to ask them or us or anything at all? Don't be shy. I'll come to you with a mic and everything. Oh, we got one. We got, we got a live one. So how do all of you become vegan? Okay, I guess we'll just work, we'll work our way down the line this way because us included. Um, I became vegan, it's funny, I've said this on the podcast before, um, before the podcast, we were part of a blog, Kat asked if I wanted to start and be part of a vegan blog with her. At the time, I was vegetarian, um, but Kat and I have been best friends for years, and so I was like, yeah, I'll be part of a vegan blog, and then in my head, I was like, I better become vegan first. Uh, so it was one of those, I was on the cusp of it, but because she wanted me to be part of this thing, I was like, sure, I'll start, I'll just do it. And I just, I just did it over, I was one of the people, it's not easy, everyone gets their own way, but for me, I just cut it out, and it was like, end of the line, and I've never looked back. But it was definitely like, ha ha, yeah, I'll do a vegan thing, and then I had to become vegan to do it. Um, I love that story because I actually did not know that story until we did Hudson Valley Veg Fest right around this time last year, and she told me that. Um, I thought you were a vegan, and that's why I asked you to do it. Um, I went vegan um, four years ago. So, <laughs> like, Danny, tell me my life. Four years ago, um, my one of my other best friends, Michaela, she said, hey, we, we both of us have been vegetarian for many, many years. And she said, hey, I think I'm going to go vegan. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, heck yeah. So we did it together on her birthday. I struggled. She went vegan that day and never looked back. I struggled. I was not Danny. I did not just do it. And that was the end of it. I struggled for a really long time. Um, but I got here. So that's what matters, right? <laughs> um, I think I have like a, I could probably tell like a million side stories about it. But I think to sum it up, um, it seemed like a really natural progression for me. Um, I, I stopped eating meat at a really young age just because I thought it was disgusting. Like, maybe when I was, like, 10, I was like, this is gross. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, it just didn't make sense to me. And, um, I've been vegan now for about 19 years. And, um, so I think, like, started eating meat, or stopped eating meat. Sorry. Ooh. Stopped eating meat and, um, started eating just, like, more vegetables. Because, like, I also had a really poor diet as a kid. Like, um, my family was just, like, really poor and I ate just, like, Happy Meals and, like, just, like, junk. So I started getting into, like, actually cooking when I was, you know, and I think I was just naturally geared towards that. So I started, like, actually cooking for myself, and I was like, yeah, meat is just gross. And then I got into um, literally every other reason to be vegan, which is every, ve every reason, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I just kind of went from there, and then I was fully vegan by the time I was, like, 15 or so. Just, yeah, I had to turn it back. Um, I went vegan in 2008. Um, prior to that, I was vegetarian in college. Um, I thought vegans were really extreme, kind of crazy, um, way too intense. All of my friends who were, were weird to me. And I um, started to get these rashes all over my body. Um, 
just bright red. Uh, I went to an allergy doctor and they told me I was allergic to dairy and wheat, which as a vegetarian, that's your 100% of your diet, cheese, bread, pasta. Um, so I knew I could not eat those things any longer. Um, and I was still like permitted to eat eggs under that diet, but um, after a couple months without dairy and wheat, um, something was like, you need to go vegan. Like just something in me was like, you need to stop. The only thing holding you back now is eggs. Just try it. If you feel sick, you can start eating them again. No one's, you know, no one's telling you what to do here. So I gave up eggs and that was, that was it. I just felt like this is what I was supposed to do. And now I can look back and say like, that was given to me. It was like a gift that was given to me so that then I could, you know, have this progression in my life, opening the restaurant, um, going vegan. And then all of the ethical um, reasons came clear to me after that. So it was a gift for me. Um, I adopted two dogs when I was in college and undergrad. And um, one of them, her name was Sarah as well. So it was very confusing for a little while. Uh, and so Sarah had been abused by men. The, the shelter had shared with me. And I had a super rough childhood, so I kind of connected with her on that level. And our relationship grew, and we were super, super close. Um, and then one day it just clicked for me, and I said, well, I wouldn't eat Sarah, so why would I eat a cow or a chicken? Or it's disgusting. And I never really liked the taste of meat. Um, I grew up in a small farm town. Vegetarianism was not a thing that people even knew existed you know, where I come from. So it was just a progression, but it was really that relationship building uh, with Sarah, the adopted shelter dog, that made the switch for me, and it's been over 10 years, so. I know we're short on time, so I'll be real quick here. So I went to a uh, punk rock show in November of 1992 at a club in Syracuse called The Lost Horizon, um, and I picked up some animal rights, animal rights literature uh, from PETA, that show and I went vegetarian a few weeks later and I did some more research I read a book by John Robbins called the diet for a new America which strongly makes the case for veganism for uh, mostly environmental reasons but also animal reasons so six months later in the summer of 1993 I went vegan and it was for me it was strictly because of the animals yeah mine was a very similar backstory like now it's for all the reasons but mine was you know originally for the animals um and it's funny because for me it's never been a diet or even a lifestyle it's just part of who i am it's just it's you know the same as saying is i'm six feet tall like i'm vegan like that is just it's who i am so i am six feet tall yes <laughs> she's learning so much about me she's known me for 11 years it's fine <laughs> um any other questions I think that's it. Any other pieces of advice, comments, anything from the panel? Just thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been this fun. Yeah, now we can all go eat, except Joel might go hop back behind Strong Hearts and continue working. I don't know. Um, definitely don't go too far, because we want to take a, get a picture with you guys before you take off. Um, but thank you guys for coming and listening to us. Um, you can find us at the V-Spot on iTunes and all of the places, and you can find these guys in your local cities um, and here in some cases. So go eat their food. Please support us. And thank you for coming. Thank you. Yay.